Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and I'm joined on this podcast by my colleague and fellow editor, Kelsey Zeiser. And our guest today is Sorab Saxena. He's the Executive Vice President of Customer Service and Operations at AT&T Business. Uh, that means for AT&T's business customers, he is in charge of the entire customer experience. So obviously, we're going to talk to him about that and to talk to him about uh, how he's encouraging AT&T's clients to become good at adapting to change. Uh, the way he put it is adept at adapting. <laughs> um, we'll get into a little bit about how they're using AI and machine learning to uh, improve customer service. And then we finally, we, we talk a little bit about the pandemic, AT&T's response to that, um, how they've changed their operations in response to the pandemic and, and what that means for the customer experience that they're trying to offer as all of this, uh, uh, you know, continues to be prolonged, especially in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, worth noting, because at and based in Dallas, so a lot of its employees, I would say most of its employees, are in the uh, North Texas and DFW area. And uh, it is currently uh, one of the nation's hotspots in the pandemic. So it'll be interesting to get his perspective on all of that. And that is coming right up right after this break. This light reading podcast is sponsored by Packet Fabric. Packet Fabric's network as a service platform weaves together the perfect solution for your network. Get private access to the cloud. Get secure connectivity between your data centers. Get an on-ramp to the secure internet. Get to market faster with network automation. Build a network for today's enterprise. To get started, go to packetfabric.com. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined on the podcast today by my colleague, Kelsey Zeiser. Hello, Kelsey. Hey there, Phil. How's things? Good, hot, humid. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, we have on the line a guest, someone who is uh, also in the same part of the country that I'm in. Uh, he's over in Dallas, and he knows that it's hot and humid as well. Uh, <laughs> please welcome uh, Sorab Saxena. He's the Executive Vice President of customer service and operations at AT&T Business. Hello, Sora. Hello, how are you, Phil and Kelsey? Uh, just doing okay. I'm, 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 I've got my fan on in my room, so Kelsey's probably, uh, probably a bit muggier where she's at over in uh, one of the Carolinas. Yeah, I like, I like Kelsey already. Uh, she <laughs> says she juxtaposed good with hot and humid. Not too many people do that. <laughs> Trying to trying to look on the the bright side, even though right. we're all reduced to a puddle right now because it's so hot. <laughs> um, but thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. And uh, one thing we wanted to talk to you about is, you know, one of the running themes back when we were able to have in person conferences uh, was that you know, service providers are increasingly concerned with improving the customer experience. So we wanted to hear from you about how AT&T's approach to the customer experience has changed over the past two years. Great question. I joined the AT&T business team to lead the customer experience and operations organization with a vision for change, engagement, 
and above all, customer service. My previous role, as you might know, um, was that of a CIO, and I brought a CIO mindset to our business operation. So having developed large-scale technology transformation frameworks, it was my mission and the team's mission to evolve the frameworks to now transform business. At the center of it all are customers, and we serve nearly 3 million business customers. To them, service matters. Everything starts and ends with our customers for us. Their success is what we have made our mission, and we are striving to continually listen and continually improve. That's some of the key tenets of our culture, and we round it off by calling it a customer success obsessed culture. So we've been on a transformation journey for a few years, and let me rewind the clock and share uh, what got us to this point. The cultural value of a service organization has to embody humility. That means what I call leading with listening. We've always made it a priority to listen, but now after sharpening our approach and applying finely tuned scientific methodologies centered around data analytics, we're hearing even more and even more clearly. We developed our plans based on our findings and maintained a tight feedback loop to ensure customer satisfaction. We're always listening to our employees, both sellers and operations, as well as, of course, our customers. Leading with listening, in my opinion, is essential to understanding our performance and areas of opportunities across the various dimensions of operations. If employees are experiencing friction, the customer will feel the effects also. Therefore, we believe that enhancing employee experiences is just as imperative as effortless customer experiences. We listen to the voice of the customer, which comes through millions of surveys, advisory boards, and direct interactions. In parallel, we listen to the voice of our employees, um, and we have analyzed our cycle time distribution, end-to-end -end processes of complex networks, productivity variability, customer life cycles, and on and on. All of this data was evaluated through exhaustive diagnostics coupled with leading with listening culture. And what we uncovered was an undeniable need for more, more speed, more simplicity, and more flexibility. And it sounds like uh, leading with listening would also be really good marital advice, too. <laughs> <laughs> you saw how Phil and I didn't go there. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm just uh, uh, sitting here uh, uh, looking around to see, you know, who else is listening to the podcast. I just want to make sure. Might have well, the speakers I'm going to say up loudly since it's getting recorded. Absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the... Uh, you know, I, you, you focus a bit on the customer experience with your remarks there, and um, I was noting that you had a, a blog post or actually a series of blog posts recently about uh, companies adapting their culture and, and being able to adapt quickly. And um, the things that you pulled out of that, that discussion, I guess, was around customer experience, around revenue growth, and operational improvement. That was sort of the three goals you kept coming back to. Um, do you feel like if you sort of focus on customer experience, the other two take care of themselves, or do you have, have a particular approach uh, that you encourage 
you know, AT&T and other businesses to pursue? Great question, Phil. I firmly believe that there needs to be a conscious focus. Um, why? Because any organization, especially large organizations, need clarity of goal, what I might call declaring a North Star. Um, that aligns people's actions. The, in our case, I call the triad of value as our North Star. It's the foundation of our overall transformational framework. Basically, it is transforming the customer and employee experiences and growing revenue and driving operational excellence across the business. The oftentimes large corporations take one of these three goals and charge hard, but this invariably mm -hmm. generates clashing waves inside of the organization. Hence the operative word here is and, meaning it's not about executing on one or two of these goals, addressing all three simultaneously, what I call and leadership, and this allows for a great degree of sustainable, meaningful growth for the corporation and the experiences of the customer. And to deliver on the triad of value, in our case, every transformation initiative stands on four pillars, people, process, technology, and culture. I believe that unless they're all working in harmony and balance, you cannot truly deliver the maximal value that you're after. For our people, we're growing skills compatible with the software-defined world, restructuring roles to be customer-centric, and taking full advantage of process engineering and technology innovations in our organizational structural designs. For our processes, we're always looking to eliminate redundancy, wait period, and any and enable maximum parallelism. So we're building a strong process reengineering and re-architecture discipline. For technology, we're absolutely deploying the full arsenal from robotic process automation solution on one end to software as a services based solutions on the other and everything else in between. And culture, which is undeniably the most important, is focused on breaking down silos, enabling borderless collaboration, continuous learning, and of course, as I've touched upon earlier, centered on the customer. And there is a great deal degree of interplay, interdependency between these pillars. Hence, it's important to build a playbook that brings action across all these pillars together in great harmony to maximize delivery on the triad of value. Um, and earlier you, you mentioned that uh, one way to improve the customer experience is you've done a number of surveys and looking at data analytics. Uh, how are you also incorporating tools like artificial intelligence and machine learning to further address your customers' needs? Um, so we're using artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, in many ways. One is to anticipate our customers' needs, identifying 
challenges and opportunities before even our customers report them. Um, to deliver sustainable long-term results and provide immediate relief to the frontline and customers alike, we devised what I call a short, mid and mid-long release train strategy. These were supported by a governance proce procedures to ensure full coordination and synergy across all three. So meaning we were applying AI and ML both in short term, mid and mid long, and ensuring that they were all working in the same direction. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, we built a platform called Predictive and Proactive Intelligence Platform. What it does is it takes customers journey with us and chooses 10 to 12 moments that matter the most. And we've taken 30 terabytes of data from 40 plus systems so that it generates on those moments that matter predictive alarms. As an example, be it cycle time or customer retry rates or, uh, or, or employee effort, if any of them is going out of the norm, the, the system automatically generates an alarm and provides the next best action recommendation. Sometimes the next best action recommendation is to a system, and other times it is to a human-assisted process. The net goal, of course, being resolving before the customer moves from promoter to passive or worse yet to detractor in our NPS model. We've implemented an AI and ML-based call listening system, so call listening and audit system. The first mm -hmm. thing it did, because it took us away from old-style recording and manual listening, it increased our listening rate by 5x. Secondly, we were able to program, and it's a configuration-based system, we can program the listening, uh, I would say the parameters. We have put in more than 100 listening parameters in it, across key categories, including, of course, empathy, client service, all the way technology and problem resolution. And we score the call real time, provide the input to the coaches and the associate near real time to allow for a closed loop of empathy-based service and continual coaching and continual improvement using an AI and ML system. Oh, by the way, the system learns because we feed in the NPS results and the transactional NPS results that we are getting from these same customers to see if the recommendation of actions by the system were actually moving the needle for the customer. So it's a great self-learning system, also huh. allows for automating our overall, um, overall feedback loop and coaching processes. So hopefully those examples help illustrate how we are embedding AI ML at scale to serve the customer. Yeah, that's interesting about the the customer listening. So it's sort of um, so the system continually trains itself to, I guess, recommend the right action based on the eventual customer outcome. So you continue to kind of you just kind of make a feedback loop. And then if it's trained well enough over specific instances, like say maybe it's a particular type of customer service or technical support or something like that, each each time a customer calls, it just gets better and better at uh, arguably at at uh, um, routing the next customer to the solution even more quickly, right? You got it. 
so it could be that there, as you know, certain agents are specializing in certain types of trouble. Is it routing it to them fast or with a hop? And as it learns that it was a hop before, and it, let's say in a preponderance of time, uh, it makes it to a certain group of agents. Over time, it directly routes a call there. There's a perfect example, right? Uh, yeah. And it's self-learning in the sense it's based upon eventual outcome, but also very importantly, we are feeding in the millions of customer survey results. So it's also sentiment-based, not just only outcome-based. And as you know, perception matters. So it it is it's a it's also training the human on as I was touching upon earlier, empathy-based service, and how do you improve the customer sentiment along with customer outcome. Right. Yeah, because that's that, that that's boy. This is a perfect time to talk about that because uh, my next question or my my last question actually was about um, how the pandemic has changed AT and T's approach to customer experience and how maybe that's been you know put to the test because as we're finding out, you know, sometimes you know when supply chains are slowed down or people are you know taken out of their routine in a big way, customers can still be satisfied even if their eventual outcome isn't isn't able to be met just yet. You know, people can understand, uh, you know, why we can't get back to the office or why it's going to take us longer to get to some certain data or something like that. Um, so anyway, I, I, I find that topic fascinating and I'd love to hear about how AT&T's customer service approach has been maybe put to the test these past few months. Absolutely. I think um, what I would say to start off is that the teams passed the test with flying colors. Um, the COVID-19 pandemic clearly has proven that technology can have far-reaching, profoundly positive impact on how we live, work, communicate, of course, as we were touching upon earlier, um, in our one-on-one, -on -one, educate our children, treat patients, of, uh, most importantly, and much more. We had an influx of volume, demand for speed, and in an escalating climate that put everyone to test, as we were touching upon. We needed to demonstrate exceptional ability to respond to highly unexpected and disruptive change. And our transformational DNA played a massive role. Shortly after the start of the pandemic, first and foremost, our Number one responsibility was our employee safety. So in a matter of less than two weeks, we repositioned hundreds of thousands of employees to work from the safety of their home. And then simultaneously, we opened up six command centers to serve our various business customers' need. Through these command centers, from mid-March to May, we delivered over 16,000 communication services request for businesses, and we did so ultra fast at 80% improved cycle time versus BAU. It took hundreds of innovations, and of course those innovations were also deliver delivered with great speed, agility, and an ops dev mindset. Um, ops, by ops dev, I mean development in the service of operations. Uh, okay. One example, yeah, that's... Uh, that's an important phrase, Phil. I, 
Huh. I think um, development should always be in the service of the front line. So pivoting over is a fundamental change, but also a most important change to me. And one example, and there are, as I said, thousands of examples, um, is down-home down pharmacy. One of the two drugstores closed in Lawrence County, Mississippi, due to the shelter-in-place orders. Uh -huh. So pharmacist Jamie Crane opened a new pharmacy in the service of the community. Mm. He needed voice and data networks to get up and running. So we delivered dedicated fiber in less than 30 days. They opened business on May 18th. So as I mentioned, and there are thousands of these examples where we have turned up circuits um, in less than, uh, in a matter of days, as opposed to weeks or months. And service matters, as you know. In our case, as I touched upon, everything starts and ends with our customer. And in general, I believe all businesses must adapt to ever-changing landscapes, no matter what unexpected events, disruptions, or new conditions occur. So a structured approach for transformation applied to unstructured dynamics can help anyone, any business, mm -hmm. any size become adept at adapting. So in fact, we published a white paper about our journey and hope that it serves as a helpful guide on how to build a transformational DNA and at the core of any company, uh, at the core of any company, and we call it adapted adapting. Um, and no matter what comes your way, you how do you deal with it? Excellent. Yeah, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, I have read the white paper and I think it's, a, like I said, I, th I thought it was insightful, the, the whole blog series, just because you were sort of talking people through this idea of like, you know, what it takes to change and how when you're faced with change, how it doesn't, you know, um, having a process for it is is incredibly uh, not just helpful, but but really keeps your keeps your business from losing its way in the meantime. You know, um, I, I, I think that that <laughs> there's so many companies right now that probably wish they had that uh, that process nailed down a little bit better than they do. Very well said. Um, but we will. Uh, uh, but they'll have plenty of time to 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 figure that out for next time. And uh, in case in case AT and T Fiber needs a pat on the back, uh, that's how that's how the podcast on this side of the the world is delivered. Uh, and uh, if all of you, oh okay, you got it as well. Yeah, because I, I was about to say anytime anytime people are are wor wondering how the light reading team stays up and running, that's that's one way. Uh, th that's one thing that keeps us going. Yes, thanks very much for that. <laughs> Uh, Sarab Saxena, thanks so much uh, for uh, uh, for coming on the podcast today. We know you're a, a busy man and we appreciate the time you've taken. Thank you very much for having me and thank you for your business, both of you. Yeah, here to serve you. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> thanks. That is it. That's our show. Thanks so much to Sorab Saxena of AT&T for his time and insights today. Uh, thank you very much to Kelsey Zeiser for uh, chiming in with questions, thoughts, opinions, and clarifications. Thanks to our producer, Tian Fu, for making us sound so good even when we don't. And thank you, dear listener. Uh, please do tell a friend to subscribe. Uh, find us on all of your various uh, podcasting applications and devices. Uh, we're on Google Play. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Gosh, what are some of the others? Overcast, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, just pick one and uh, make sure you're signed up, subscribed, and thank you for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. This light reading podcast is sponsored by Packet Fabric. Packet Fabric's network as a service platform weaves together the perfect solution for your network. Get private access to the cloud. Get secure connectivity between your data centers. Get an on-ramp to the secure internet. Get to market faster with network automation. Build a network for today's enterprise. To get started, go to packetfabric.com.